so why muffins? <laughs> um, I don't bring the muffins. Your people brought the muffins. My people. <laughs> no, but generally, isn't it muffin and tea? No. What, my interviews or life in general? I wish life in general. No, your interviews. No, just tea. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think... Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a combination. I think Syro is trying to be okay, extra okay. friendly. Yeah. Well, why tea rather than coffee? Because my last name is Hatter and I've always been Mad Hatter, so it's Mad Hatter's Tea Party. Okay, okay, but okay. Sometimes I've had beer, sometimes I've had wine. Okay. You can hear can them through some of the other interviews <laughs> where it was a bit slurrier than usual. Towards the end. Cool. But yeah, now we have some <coughs> kind of meh tea with no milk. <laughs> but anyway, um, welcome to Mad Hatter's Tea Party. I'm Al Hatter and with me is Sarah Naim. Right? Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Better Brilliant. than how I pronounce it, actually. Sorry? <laughs> Better than how I pronounce it. Oh, how do you pronounce it? I just say Saranaim, but as in for the general, oh. you know. But Saranaim is much better. Okay. Much do you speak any Arabic at all? Shway, but I'm kasser. Okay. Not as good as I should uh, or want to, actually. But you don't live in, in, in Dubai anymore, right? You were just raised here and you left a while yeah. ago. Yeah, so I was here for about 15, 16 years and then uh, moved back to London, which is where I was born. And then uh, was there for my MA and then did like a, a short stint, six months in New York and then a year in Dubai and then back to London for my master's. But you are relatively young, correct? <clears throat> I, it's all arbitrary. Yeah, 28. I think that's young. I mean, that, that's uh, for, for the amount of work that you've done, you think you're a little bit older, but you've been quite successful and your artwork has been developing quite strongly. So congratulations on... Oh, thank um, you. It's very kind. On kind of being who you are as you are now. Uh, I remember I've seen some of you work a few years ago, um, actually part of uh, one of the young collector tours that we, that we were doing, and some one of the collectors interested in the water droplets, or some kind of chemical droplets that look plasticky, wet. Mm -hmm. um, and then throughout that, I, I kept, I was aware of the rest of the work that you did, so I'm, I'm happy that we're finally having a chat mm -hmm. and being able to look at the new developments that you're showing at this current show. Um, this current show is called Heartstrings. When Heartstrings Collapse. Okay, your older one was called Heartstrings. So um, at the Hayward Concrete, uh, I had a show called Heartstrings. And this is a continuation within that, mm -hmm. except I felt like this had more failure. Um, and I wanted to highlight that. So when Heartstrings Collapse was a way to kind of define this corruption and glitch which occurs in these new uh, in this new series, really. Okay. But it's definitely a continuation and a stem from um, Heartstrings. I think it's all one trajectory, but um, this one specifically felt like it was a, a byproduct. And Fair. outstanding. As in, like, it outstood okay. it, but it's definitely still a, a byproduct. Um, for the ones that the are going to be listening to this today, the, the gallery is opening up next week, Monday the 14th, and it'll be on for a few months. So come down and check it out. Within it, you'll see Sarah's latest um, uh, prints. Can I say prints? Yes. Mm -hmm. As well as uh, objects of art. Uh, her, her plastic and wire installation kind of construction. I would say they're, they're aluminium uh, structures supported by uh, high-voltage power cables. Oh, right. I guess okay. so. More specifically, but it doesn't need to but, be. But it all works specific. within the same kind of theme or underlying idea of, of the kind of the body that you're showing us within your body of work. The body I'm showing within my body of work, yeah, exactly, yeah. 
yeah, that came out accidentally. <laughs> that was great. Have a, to have a line. Um, okay, so let's just kind of go back a little bit to your past. Earlier, you, I mean, you're based basically a photographer originally, and then kind of went on to do your MA and other things. Um, and you're still <coughs> a lot of a lot of the work you do is still kind of is always photography based mostly. But you've at least you've moved you moved off from the pictures of things and people to more graphic representation in photography. Yeah, I think photography has always been my love, um, and I did my BA in that. And then I wanted to do my MA in fine art media, which was uh, a bit more broad, um, and a way to kind of uh, materialize ideas that I had, which I felt like it wasn't best executed mm. through the medium of photography. I didn't feel like I needed to limit myself with the medium, but rather the concept. Um, and so I wanted to explore that through video, okay. through installation, through sculpture and screen printing, all of the different things that I did while I was at Slade. And um, and now, you know, after having done that um, and narrowing it down to the things that I enjoy making and I think, you know, come out the strongest, for me, that's actually photography and installation and a bit of video and a bit of drawing. But like generally, yeah, my foundation, my crux is um, photography. But I think being called a photographer, it also, um, at least for myself, I don't say that because it, it limits and people start questioning why you're making video work as opposed to photography. So, yeah. Isn't that lots of photographs stuck together? Sorry? Isn't video work a lot of photographs stuck together? Um, no, because there are other considerations, right? There's sound, there's... Uh, it's so much more... So, <laughs> so, so it's for, from what I understood is that during the education, it showed you different things within the frame of, of, of larger photography, and now you're playing with it. So you being a, a young artist under a gallery, they're not forcing you to change ways, right? You can blink twice to help you afterwards <laughs> no they don't force you to do anything no it's uh, a really nice kind of relationship um, I think I you know I have with the gallery and I think um, yeah there's a of course there's a big massive freedom um, so does it actually is it is it different uh, when you're working without a gallery and with a gallery uh, I, in in terms of um, do you use them as a bouncing board or is it more of a kind of a marketing support um, I think it's just, it's a really lovely um, and incredible platform to have. Mm -hmm. I think when you produce work without knowing where it's going to be, there's also, of course, you feel like you can ex experiment more, but even having a gallery, you can still do that. But before I was represented by Third Line, sometimes you'd make work and you think, well, where can it live? Like, mm -hmm. what's the relationship it can have outside of? And of course, you can still have you know yeah. loads of exhibitions and things like that but when you have a gallery it's your it's a relationship as i said and it feels a really nice um like a long-term one where you feel that you can grow together well you know i can yes. i can grow and i can be supported by them and they they kind of uh help you to realize ideas there's like so much support production support pr support it's it's a great system and they're great uh it's a great team. and there's the only gallery you're with right mm -hmm. so how, if you don't mind asking, how did that relationship start? Um, who would who? In, <laughs> well, I, in 2000, I actually interned for Third Line uh, when I was about 18 uh, for a month, and it was during Rana Begum's show. And then a year later, I interned again, and it was, or two years later, I think, and then it was Rana Begum's show again. 
Um, and uh, and then I had a show in the project space upstairs um, uh, with um, Mina and Raja um, called Dubai Episodes. And then um, and then I proposed to have a solo show up there a few years later. And then Sunny, you know, they were the art third line was the art programmers for uh, the Pavilion. And they said, well, instead of that, what about the a solo at Pavilion? So I did that, and uh, it was like an ongoing relationship. And then I know Sunny was in uh, Freeze. Sorry, yeah. she was in uh, London for Freeze. And so we sat down, and we had you know a drink, and I, I put my laptop uh, <laughs> at the table on the bar, <laughs> and I did uh, a presentation. Well, not as intense as a presentation, but I think we've always um, really loved each other, and I've loved the gallery, and I've always gone to all of their shows. And I was even um, taking install images for them back in the day, and... It's just been, you know, so very much the, developing. The trick of getting a gallery in Dubai is to kind of intern there and then slowly Taras, just live Taras. there. And then they realize <laughs> later on that they're showing you without even knowing. <laughs> no, that, that's fun and, and, and fair. And um, and for a lot of people who may, who may not know, a lot of artists have more than one gallery. So they have a gallery for a different kind of section of, of the world. Uh, but most young artists kind of start with one and if it happens or if they need position, that's when they would get divided but but mostly it is kind of the, the one gallery which does support them and push them um, and as a young artist you, you'd always need that kind of support and it's great um, your show right now is actually you're with the new third line uh, uh, space it's kind of the, the gallery is divided into two halves mm -hmm. so there's another mm -hmm. opening happening alongside you correct? Mm -hmm. Hassan Hajaj is in gallery one and I'm in gallery two upstairs. And uh, do you do you necessarily have to do, do the ideas have to work together or is it completely separate? It's completely separate, but mm -hmm. I think when they're making the decision with who is shown when, it's based on well numbers of things. But one of them, I think, is how it works with the other artists. That's in the other section of the gallery. And have you met Hassan before? No, I haven't. I'm looking forward to. It. I hear okay. he's a really cool guy. And have you ever collaborated with other artists to to create something? Uh, recently, last month, I did uh, a collaboration, but it wasn't with an artist. He was a composer. Okay. Um, and that was in London. It was with uh, the Pierrette Studios. And we kind of created this sound installation where he had a... He composed um, a piece based off Honored Schoenberg's um, Schoenberg, uh, uh, symphony or sonata. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a four-piece uh, quartet. And each instrument was connected to a separate uh, subwoofer. And then on top of that, we had a large uh, Perspex lid almost, or a tray. Oh, okay. And we had liquid on top. And so it kind of, each section of the lid vibrated according to the different uh, subwoofer, which was connected to the different instrument, if that made any sense. Basically, it was um, a, a play within the different instruments, but visualizing sound. Um, and specifically each instrument. And then you took still images of those, or there, <coughs> it was just a no? It was actually just a just a performance. Oh, nice. So now then, going back to your your show um, opening up next week. Within it, you've had you have the as, as 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 we've seen before the extreme close-ups of the, of your skin uh, <laughs> that you kind of peel off yourself. Yes. Um, and then, but but as you said earlier that. You've, you've incorporated the mistakes or the glitches that have happened while you were doing the process of capturing these images. 
and and this is a little bit different to the to the to your early photography and then to your more kind of close-ups by themselves. And as this thing is developing, you've you've been you've been working with at least visual. Mm -hmm. We can see is this kind of shapes and and kind of a little bit even on the abstract ideas of of, of imagery and, and visuals rather than uh, a picture of something. And this carries, I think, translates relatively well to your constructions. How, how do, how, what do you want your viewer to take from, from this development of yours, or at least the current situation it's at now? Uh, I don't see it as changes necessarily as um, a forward trajectory. In a way, it, it, it's, it's an evolution, yeah. yeah. And um, there are certain projects I've done which are maybe. Uh, tangents mm -hmm. um, or uh, different kind of curiosities um, but the, it's all I think in one conversation okay. and one evolves to form the next I had these more immediate photographs yes. in, in the earlier yeah. like several years ago which I still you know take I still take it's always mm -hmm. a development but it, I think it's um, it now kind of exists outside of my like yeah, major definitely. curiosities your, your language. and language and aesthetic and um, and also, you know, I was living in a different time when I went out more and I was, you know, uh, going to party. What do you want audiences to, to kind of capture from, from this current work? How do you want them to feel? Or, you know, somebody walks in, they're like, oh, this is what I understand. Um, I, think it's, I, I think it's limiting to try to predict what I want people to react like. I think it's um, each to their own. And uh, I hope each person has like a meditates on it and can form okay. their own um, understanding but of course I think the concept is very important in order to enhance I think their ideas to it but yeah I think I don't want a specific let, let reaction let me rephrase then what are you trying to communicate with the audience you're trying to say something as an artist correct yeah I mean it's multi-layered so there's uh, several things but um, I guess I want them to reach maybe a state of ambiguity where they're looking at something and they're not understanding what it is that they're looking at and then they are met with the realization that it's actually of a dead skin cell. It's something that they're completely composed of. Okay. Um, and so this relationship of the unknown, but of something that should be so known, it's, there, it's a body. And I think it's how we exist today. It's the, this lack of uh, relationship one has to their own body, especially their internal body. You know, we'll never actually see what it looks like. But then, yet, yeah, it's also very inherent. And that unfamiliar but inherent dynamic is fascinating. I mean, your, your work before, as you've explained it, has always been, uh, well, not always, has, has at least recently been about uh, the body or you interacting with the outside world. And here, interacting with the inside world. Mm. And kind of that space in between. Mm -hmm. Is that correct to say that, in a form or, or in another, it's the pause between the talking? they're trying to capture I guess so yeah I think it could be that it's uh, I mean, that's what it glitches in the end it's when it just stops for a second and continues it's when something isn't being received properly or it's not being delivered properly mm -hmm. so it becomes um, this fragmentation of information where the viewer isn't able to recognize what the information is saying, but it's still okay. information because each corruption is different. Yeah. So it's still feeding off of the original image, but what it's producing is distorted. But that distortion has to come from the original image somehow. So there is truth well, in enough, it. Yes. So at the same time, that's why I'm interested in the glitch, actually, because there's such a 
interesting relationship between that glitch and the idea of information but non-information and our internal body which is information but also non-information in some sense but then each image is titled according to um, uh, emotions that are manifested physically into something so blush and pallor and so there is that information going ex- internal to external when the face turns mm-hmm. red and when you start shaking and when you sweat and um, but is it would, would you with the glitch added on there is it a certain is it like a point of questioning do you want people to think about why am i blushing or is it just the that scientific interaction in between i think it's more the scientific interaction okay. between it's it's um looking at surface tension and mm-hmm. looking at this when your face turns red, for example, it's a symbolism of something internal becoming external, but okay. then it's also making you uh, met with the realization of the surface tension. You know, the skin isn't just, uh, it's the largest organ of the body, right? But it's not just a vessel, it's, it's something that, and we see it as something that contains the inside. Mm-hmm. But on a cellular level, inside and outside are completely merged, it's just different densities of matter. But actually it's, um, you know, there is there isn't a division, there isn't a okay. line as such. So I'm interested to see that line or that kind of what okay. we perceive to be a line. And so as as we've seen now, your work kind of go and and, and move and develop uh, and evolve. Do you have? Are you experimenting with something new, or are you uh, going deeper into the to kind of this this glitch matrix? Glitch matrix. That's that's a good one. Um, I think it's. I'll never be. I think this is an ongoing investigation Mm -hmm. and it'll always continue. And um, there is so much information within, like literally within the body and within the cell. And I can scan or spend about six or seven hours just searching the tiniest sample that I can hardly Mm -hmm. see on the plate um, through the microscopes that I use. And it's a fascinating world and I think I want to continue it. But at the moment... um, I'm going back in end of March to do a residency with City Desert mm-hmm. uh, for a few months. And um, in that period, I think I won't necessarily be taking new ma- images, but looking at ways in which to present them. And uh, okay. I'm fascinated with the way that you can make a photograph sculptural. And, you know, being given studio space like that, I kind of want to experiment on the images that I have, but push the way that they're presented because that's part of the piece I think it's, no, no, it's not done until you know exactly how it's going to be uh, installed or presented. Okay, and one last question um, why why dead pieces rather than live samples um, because well the dead it's a, an interesting way that um, skin sheds from mm-hmm. body to land mm-hmm. right it's this kind of transferring of energy they say yep. that I think 90% of the dust collected from a bedroom is dead skin cells actually yeah. Um, and I think it's the thing on us that can kind of make that transfer in a, in a more medium-sized world and the way that we can see it. You know, we can actually see um, sheds of skin cells in a way um, move between our body and the floor. Okay. I mean, not physically seen necessarily, yeah. but as in it's a more tangible way of realizing things. You are leaving things. DNA behind. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, and uh, and also, I have a lot of it. I have cuticles on my hands, <laughs> practical practical reasons. Um, and it's just uh, it's an, a more enjoyable process, I think, looking at dead skin cells than um, life. That's just how I've uh, through over time. I've done it all. I've done blood cells. Mm. I've done skin cells, dead, live. I've done a monkey's. Uh, 
uh, mustache, uh, hair. I've done um, a bee's wing. Uh, anything left over in the lab uh, that like the physicist isn't using, or like and it's a very old lab. Will nearly walk into labs and try new things. No, no, actually not. No, this happened like from 2009, mm. and I made a good relationship with the physicist okay. who um, I think he was quite bored with. So, like the, with the art gallery, the you were there, and then they realized you're always been there. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So, um, unless you want to say something, uh, uh, thank you for coming on. On. And thank you to me. for having me, and thank you for listening. And yeah. Right. It's great chatting. So, and uh, the show is open Monday, the 14th of March. And At we'll see you all At 6 to 9 there. p.m. Right, bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you. Bye.